this is Steve Balton. You are here on My Turning Point, where this week we have a really great show for you. I had the pleasure of sitting down and talking with superstar DJ producer Marshmello. This was a fascinating conversation, and he has a great perspective on his success and so much more. Really enjoyed talking with him about the artists he's learned from, what he looks for in people he collaborates with, why he had some fun on this new record playing around with the haters, and what he's looking for in his next live show. So I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. How's it going? How's it going? Can you hear me all right? Yeah. So where are you today? Where's home base these days? Uh, Beverly Hills. Nice. To find How was it there? House real quick. Sorry. Let me see. Oh, yeah, right here. Okay, yeah. Uh, Beverly Hills, Los Angeles. Nice. Is it fucking cold there, too? Freezing. It's frigid. <laughs> Now, what's, what's the definition of freezing, though? Because I'm down in Long Beach, and it's funny. I interviewed Brian Adams this morning, and yeah. he made fun of me for wearing a beanie. He's like, and you're wearing the hat in Long Beach, California. I'm like, dude, it's fucking 37. That's cold wherever you it's are. It's cold, man. It's cold. It's chilly. For sure. Mm. So, you know, excited to get to... It's such an interesting thing because, you know, I've spoken to so many artists this year. You've had such an interesting year. It's funny. I think what happens a little bit differently in the last two years is that, you know, artists have had more time to reflect on stuff because they're not on the constant schedule of album tour, album tour, album tour. So have there been moments that, you know, and especially now as we come to the end of the year, you've gotten the Grammy nomination, you've worked with all these people to you as you look back and you're like, oh shit, like that was really cool. Or Maybe, you know, in past years, I wouldn't have had time to think about working with Megan or Carnage or whoever I worked with. But now I have time right. to appreciate it differently. Yeah. So that was the one thing that, you know, actually the album that got nominated for the Grammy was when I started working on that album, it was like, I have all the time in the world. Like, I don't need to run to another show. Like, it felt like when I first started making music, when things weren't really going on like that, you know, like for the first eight months, I didn't do a show of launching the project. It was just me working on music and had all this time. And it felt exactly like that last year. So that was kind of crazy. It's a crazy realization to be like, wow, I'm really in this moment right now without anywhere to go. And now I could just work on music at my own pace and everything. So that was really, that was, that was pretty cool. And it's funny, once you did work on the music, though, because this is fascinating, I've spoken, like I said, it's actually, I was telling Brian, it's kind of become like a Rorschach test to see, you know, how artists respond, like that glass half full, half empty. Once yeah. you were able to get out there, or once you had the record done, did you start jonesing to go on the road and do this stuff live? Or were you well, like, all right, I'm still chilling for a minute? Right, no, I mean, I worked on um, the album that I'm talking about kind of, uh, in, in the first half of last year. So once that album was done, it was kind of like, it was just a feeling I hadn't, I hadn't had in, in a minute. So I wasn't really eager to get back out on the road during that time. I was like, I went, I would go to the studio for three weeks at a time and, and not even leave, only to go home to go right back. Like I wouldn't even see the sun type, type like, vibe you know what i mean i would just wake up and then go to the studio anytime i would like really see the sun was driving to the studio and that was it for mo- like months at a time i got like addicted because i because i didn't have to go anywhere you know what i mean right yeah 
Well, see, now that's interesting as well. So for you then, with the time to sort of reflect on it and everything, you know, are there moments that sort of stand out to you when you look back on the artists that you got to work with? Or, you know, another interesting thing about it, right? When you work with different people, they're going to bring in their own vibe, their own energy. So, you know, were there moments then from the other people that really kind of surprised you or that you got time again to sit back and appreciate and be like, okay, cool. Like, and again, I keep going back to this, but it's so true because look, I've talked about this with, you know, I've talked about this with everyone in the fucking world over the years from, you know, you know, and it's like, look, you know, once you're in the middle of something, you're in the middle of it. You don't have that. This has been such an anomaly in that, you know, there's no other time where you've had that time to look back and be like, all right, cool. You know? Yeah. Um, as far as artists that I worked with uh, last year, when me and Halsey did our song, that was kind of right on half of the, half of the whole thing was, was before the pandemic. And then the second half, as far as like, okay, the song's done. Let's spend time doing promo and stuff. That was when the pan, like, like the pandemic was, it was going on. So that was one time where we, we were, we were being very safe. She was very, very adamant about, you know, safety precautions and everything. But that was one time where we didn't really have to be on the road. You know, we, we were, we were like talking and, and doing this and get it, get everything ready for the song. And that was kind of like a new experience because usually it's when you're doing a song with somebody, you're, you're running around the world and you, tr- and you try to make time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So it's funny, again, having had a different approach to this, having had time to do it differently, you know, talk about the Grammy nomination and what that meant to you. Because here it's like, okay, this is an album that you really got to spend time on and you really got to sort of nurture in a different way. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, it was time. So for this album, I've always done albums, Joy Time, Joy Time 2, Joy Time 3. And I want to do something a little bit different um, for this one. Um, Just kind of more diversity as far as genres of music um, on the album. And this was an opportunity where I I was like, okay, I have all this time. I'm really going to curate this and really, and like, curate it in terms of what artists do I really want to work with that I've been meaning to work with where I really enjoy their music. You know what I mean? So that's kind of what I took to. And, and that's where like Peekaboo, I'm a huge fan of. Um, his music's really sick and he's been on the scene for a minute too. And I've always been meaning to get around to work with him. And this was the opportunity. And same with Subtronics. Um, and, and a bunch of artists on the album where I was like, okay, I've been meaning to do this and I know it's going to be sick. This is the time, you know, sit down and really work through these songs and really go back and forth. And, you know, a, a lot of these songs were kind of made, like a lot of ideas were made, like how we're doing it right now, like on a speakerphone, on, on like a, or a FaceTime or whatever it was, you know, like we just, everybody collectively had all the time in the world, you know, or at least that's what it felt like. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because you say that it was done over speakerphone or whatever, but it's interesting because you still, during that time, get the chance to know everybody and how they work. And so, you know, for you as an artist, that's one of the really cool things is getting to collaborate with different people, pick up on their elements. Because look, you know, I was talking, I I was fortunate enough years ago to interview B.B. King and he said, every day you don't learn is a day wasted. Well, when you get to work with so many different types of artists, you get to learn their method and how they do things. And no matter how successful you are as an artist, it's still freaking cool to see what other people do. 
So that's, were there things that yeah. you learned from this yep. that really, you know, that you're excited to take on to future works or the way that certain artists works? It's just like, like you say, you've always been a fan of Peekaboo, but when you work with someone, you see them so differently than when you're just listening to their shit. You know, uh, something, something that was very common with everybody that I worked with and kind of how I started and still try to kind of convey or, or still try to be about is like this, this feeling of like not, not, not really overthinking it too much. A lot of these guys were like, oh no, I mean, man, I just, I just did this and did this and it sounded great. And so I just left it in. And, it, and, and like the stuff that they were talking about was so cool. And it was just like this almost jovial kind of thinking about making music instead of sitting down and, and saying, oh, I have to work this, this much on this sound, blah, blah, blah. They were just kind of doing it free flowing. And, and, and everything was kind of like that for the album. It was just very just free flowing all the way through. Didn't really, no really hiccups or anything like that. Just this sounds good. Cool. Leave it in. This sounds cool. Good. Leave it in. This doesn't sound good. I'll take it out. Just as simple as that. It was just kind of like raw talent from everybody that was on the album that they didn't have to second guess anything. And that was something that I picked up on and I was like, wow, that's awesome. See, that's interesting because I'm a big believer in gut instinct, but it's funny. Is that something that you had previously done in the past or is it something that... Yeah. So, you know, that that's kind of like what happens. It's like when... when I feel like a lot of musicians can kind of attest to this where you look back to when you first started, right? And there there wasn't a lot of pressure. There wasn't a lot of responsibility. It was just you doing whatever you thought was cool and, and whatever sounded good to you. And sometimes as it goes on and you kind of get into these little grooves in the industry, you, you feel pressure. Oh, if you make pop music, oh, I have to make a hit. If you make this, oh, I have to make a hit. And, and you start kind of you start kind of going back kind of uh, what's the word you start kind of like backtracking and being like, wait, is this good enough? You know what I mean? You start second guessing yourself, but like when you're first starting or, or you just have the ability, you just kind of be like, Oh no, that sounds cool. I'm going to leave it in. I don't care if that's not what the genre calls for. I don't care if that's not, you know, kosher, you know, like if that's not, normal but i'm gonna do it anyways because who cares you know that's kind of how it all starts so there are a lot of the artists that i worked with on this album and how i felt kind of for this album was kind of like well, it sounds cool i'll just leave it in it was and it was a feeling that i haven't felt for a minute and it was and it was really nice to see everybody kind of feeling the same way in the same boat it's funny i don't know how old you are but the reason i ask that is because i talk about this with artists all the time and in fact, I was interviewing Josh Stone with my other interview. This is like my last big interview of the day of the year. So I have oh, the three awesome. of you today, which by the way, would be an awesome collaboration. That's my last big interview day of the year. So these artists, I just have to speak to them. We were talking to you today about the fact that, look, man, as you get older, you get so much more comfortable and all these things that, you know, matter to you when you're younger, you just kind of like the greatest thing about getting older is you just kind of reach that point where you're like, I don't give a fuck. Right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. I felt that. <laughs> So for you, what was sort of the moment that you, you realized that you had hit that point? And for you, talk about then how that's freed you up as an artist to just pursue the stuff that you want to do, work with artists that maybe people wouldn't expect, and just not care. Yeah. Um, I think what I realized, because, you know, there's like a, it's, it's very similar. There's this, there's this quote 
uh, from a TV show. And it says, I can't, I wish you could know you were in the good times when you were in them instead of kind of like when the good times are over and you realize they were good times, you know, that was kind of what it was where I had this, when I first started, when I first sat down and started making my soul tracks for the album, because I really like to collaborate with people on albums, but there, there were four or five solo tracks. And I sat down to make those just me by myself, my studio at my house. And as I kept going through these tracks and it was very fluid, I kind of realized like, whoa, like I haven't felt this in a long time. And that got me like addicted to working on this album and, and everything. And it's just all I wanted to do. And, it, and it's been a minute. It's, it's been a, it's been a, I wouldn't say a long time, but it, but it's been a minute since I had that feeling. And I kind of realized that when I was working on the opening track, I sat down and I was like, I'm going to make an intro. I'm going to make the first track of my album and everything just flowed out and I just left it in because it sounded cool. I was like, this isn't really what I would normally do, but I like how it sounds. And that was, that's the moment where I was like, Oh, okay. I have a feeling this might be the way the rest of this album goes. And I was right. So by the way, where did the quote come from about you being the most overrated <laughs> from the, the office? <laughs> it's like on the, the last episode of the office. Okay. Like he says something like, I wish we knew. Uh, I wish I knew exactly. It. It's like, I wish we knew we were in the good times when they were happening or something like that. It was kind of like that. Yeah. Where you were like, I look back on that album now and I was like, man, that was, I don't know if I, I don't know if I would be able to like do that again, you know, and just in that, in that capacity of just stuck in my house for however long and, and working. Yeah. No, I, I actually remember that quote now that you reference it because I love The Office and I've watched yeah. the last episode several times. But I also love the fact, look, man, I love artists who don't take themselves seriously. There's nothing that freaking irritates me more than people who are like, I'm an artiste. Oh my God, dude, you're making music. Have fun with it. So I was asking, where'd that quote come from? The soundbite of you being the most overrated artist in the world. I love the fact <laughs> that you put that on there. All right. Yeah. So um, I was like, man, you know, like, with, uh, how do I say this? Uh, I'm aware that people have, that people, uh, you know, every artist gets hate, you know? It, that's just what happens. When you get into the public eye, there are people that don't like it. So I was like, I'm just gonna, I'm sure there's somebody out there talking bad about me. So I scoured YouTube and found this found this person uh, talking bad about me. And, and originally, that was going to be the intro to the album. Um, but the but the intro, fairy tale just had more of a, more of an intro vibe. So I went with that. So this, so I made it the second song on the album. And it's just this, this guy talking about how I'm overrated and this and that and this and that. So I was like, oh, this is great. So I put that in the intro. And, 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 and just to backtrack to what we were talking about, like that was a moment where everything's just so free flowing and like not overthinking. Like I made this intro and I was like, oh, I'm going to have somebody talking like shit about me. Like it was just like, without even thinking, like everything just came out so fluidly. So I, so I DM this kid on Instagram, like, Hey man, uh, I saw, uh, found this video of you like talking about me. I'm going to use it in my album. He's like, man, I'm so sorry, dude. That video is so old. I should really take it down. I'm like, I don't take it personally, man. Like you, you say what you want. I just want your permission to use it on the album. He's like, yeah, you're totally good. Like I'm going to take it down, man. Sorry. I'm like, no, don't even worry about it. That's so awesome. Yeah. That was funny. 
I, I kind of felt bad because he really felt bad, but it really like it just really doesn't bother me when anybody says anything like that. So it was funny. No, it is awesome. It's such a funny thing too because right, I actually love that as well because even though he was cool about it, I, you know, let's face it. It's uh, first of all, I talk about this with so many artists, and if you're trying to make music that everyone likes, you're fucking up because you know <laughs> you can't do that. So yeah, no, it's of not course like people that. are going to talk shit. But what's interesting about it as well is look, man, I love the story because even though this guy was really cool, maybe it'll next make the next person who tries to hide behind the anonymity of the internet think like, okay, wait, well, maybe when I say this shit, you know, someone else is going to at least see it. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Taught him a lesson. No, I don't know. It was funny though. No, like I said, even though he was cool about it, again, it's like, that's, let's face it. I mean, everybody feels so comfortable on the internet just being like, okay, yeah. And they'll be like, oh, you saw that? I'm like, yeah, it's on the internet. <laughs> Anybody can see it. <laughs> oh, man, that's awesome. So wait, so yeah. was that the best piece of someone talking shit about you that you found? Or was there anything better? That, just uh, that was just kind of like, if you really listen, if you really listen, just specifically that soundbite, it's kind of funny. It's kind of like paradoxical. I think that's a word. It's like a paradox, right? He's, it's, it's almost like he's complimenting me on accident. Because all he is is talking about how popular I am and how big I've gotten, but he's trying to insult me. But the like the underlying like story of what he's saying is how popular I am. So it's kind of like he's acknowledging it, and it's kind of like a compliment. But he's trying to insult me. I just thought it was funny. Yeah, it's yeah. interesting for you. I mean, and again, this also comes back to getting older and being more accepting of things. But in general, like, are there artists and? you know, that you've learned from or that you've been around or that you simply have watched to see how they handle the negativity or also going back to what we were talking about earlier, getting more comfortable as they get older, artists that you really admire for the way that they've been able to evolve and do different stuff. And it kind of inspires you in the sense of like, all right, well, you know, I can be more free flowing. Um, yeah, there's, I don't want to like call anybody out uh, but there's just been some people through the years I've just talked to like, Hey man, this is happening. This is happening. And especially when I was coming up, there were a lot of people that believed in me. And there was also a lot of people that thought I was lame. Right. So the people that, that believed in me and, and saw what, what I saw and what me and my manager saw on the pr project and what I saw for myself, I would kind of hang around them and they would just kind of tell me, Oh yeah, man, like this will happen. Like, don't worry about it. And, and a, and a lot of this stuff is is just personally, I don't really mind people talking bad about me, um, or just just like stresses and stuff. But you know, there's a lot of people when we're on the road, on tour and stuff, playing shows. You can kind of um, there's there's one artist in particular. I don't want to call him out again, but uh, we did a song a while ago, and he was pretty new, and he was touring and. I saw like when I was first playing shows, I was like, man, this is really crazy. This is a lot. This is a lot to handle. And I would reach and I would just kind of confide in other artists and I'd be like, oh yeah, man, this is how it goes. And then when I would see this artist out when we were playing shows, we run into each other. I saw myself and him. It's very, he's super tired, super overwhelmed. And then I was able to be the advocate for him. And it's just, that's just kind of how it is. Like, because, in the industry, it's it's its own kind of 
experience, you know, sometimes it's not what you make it all out to be, you know, for some people. Um, and some people have a hard time dealing with that. No, dude, it's exhausting. <laughs> it's, it's crazy, but well, it's interesting that, no, and I respect the fact you don't want to, again, and that's, I also, I, you know, I was only asking about positive. I never asked about negative stuff. Oh yeah. But okay. I'm, yeah. Positive. Yeah. Um, as far as positive, it's, it's, everybody kind of makes, makes of what's going on and like, in their, in their own opinion, but positive, it's usually positive. You know, people are just really just happy to be doing what they love and, and you can really bond with people, other artists, other producers, whoever they are about that together. So it's kind of like everybody kind of bouncing positivity off each other because we just really need the positivity because like you said, it is, um, people get, you know, exhausted and and this and that. So. Yeah, but I'm also, I was just curious also from the standpoint of just being a fan, if there are artists that you admire for their, like, maybe it's not even people you know personally or artists over the years that you just admired the way that they were able to evolve. And, you know, let's, let's talk specifically as a producer. As a producer. Yeah. I mean, um, let me think this through other producers. <laughs> yeah. And again, going back to maybe when you were younger as well, or artists now that, um, you know, maybe artists that are a few years older or producers that are a few years older that you watch the way that they made the transition into, you know, again, sort of what I'm talking about is the way that artists are able to change and grow and they're able to change their sound and they're able to move into different things. And it feels seamless and it feels like they're able to work with so many different people, you know, like Rick Rubin, right. a friend, for example, and that's someone who obviously, you know, can work with Lincoln Park and Chili Peppers and then freaking Santana and Neil Diamond. You know, and right. obviously he's an extreme example because he's at the highest end of that, you know? Right. Um, I say producer-wise that has been able to kind of mold and have a big significant presence in, in, in the producer side of the industry. I met a long time ago, Andrew Watt. Um, we did a song together with Selena Gomez called Wolves. And I was kind of young. I was kind of new to it. And, and, and he was like, we were like the same age and... Uh, you know, we were just like, we we're making music, like sitting in his living room, like on the, on the, uh, on the couch, like with our laptop set up on like the desk that you put under a TV to hold like DVDs, I remember. And then he just, w just kept up with all the times and has stayed on top for so long. And that's something that I admire a lot. Um, yeah, he, he's a legend and, and definitely like an inspiration because he, we worked together so long ago and he's just been able to maneuver and just pump out absolute hits and, and it's all organic to himself and what he likes, you know, because me and him, we've made a lot of songs that haven't even seen the light of day, but it's always just, I like this style of music. We're going to make a hit using that today. You know what I mean? And I'm, and it's just like, wow. And, and yeah, so that's definitely somebody that stands out. And what's cool about that, though, too, is that that's someone that you've worked with that's a peer. And this goes back to what we were talking about, the sort of, you know, it's so funny. I remember interviewing guys, you know, from like the grunge scene in the early 90s or the right. low blues scene or whatever. And it's like, you know, everybody always wanted there to be a rivalry. And like we talked about, the industry can be so brutal. It's like these guys all love each other. And it's like the example is right. You get on stage together. No one wants to be shown up. So you're always doing your best. But right. you want everybody else to do their best as well. So for yep. you, talk about having that sort of sense of camaraderie with people who can inspire you and motivate you 
in a friendly way, in a sense of like, oh, yeah. you guys are making each other better. Oh yeah, that's a huge thing. Um, you know, it's 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 really when we play, when we're on like festival runs together, you know, because some artists we won't really match up on, you know, like, you know, Post Malone's not going to go play EDC. You know what I mean? Like where that's more of like an EDM festival. So it's like when we when we catch up and we see each other at these festivals and we go to see each other's sets, we just want to see everybody just have a, an amazing show so we can share that moment, you know, after, after all the shows are done. You know, there's something special about knowing that when you're sitting in a room, let's say there's a rapper, there's a rock star and there's a DJ and there's this and you're all sitting there and you're just all really happy with what you just did. It's like a special little thing. And I love that. Yeah. yeah. So, all right, by the way, now let's bring this back to the Grammys for a second. And, sure. you know, if in fact, because, you know, one of the things the Grammys is famous for is those weird collaborations, those yeah. unexpected ones. So for you, you got to work with all these great artists on this album. If, in fact, there was opportunity to perform at the Grammys, who would be the dream artist to collaborate with there? Because, again, at that point, then the sky becomes the limit. Right. Um, I, I'm, I'm not... I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't really know exactly who's who's going to the Grammys. Are you, are you talking about from my album? No, I'm talking about just in, in general. In general, you know, because I mean, they've had like I'm trying to think of the examples over the years. I mean, now I'm drawing a blank, but it's like you know, or like Prince and Beyonce years ago, or like you know, like just so many of these sort of like or these weird tributes that they do. Right. I feel like let's see. Something that I'd love to like me if like me and Post Malone did something together, that'd be really sweet. Uh, interesting. So, would you? But see, that's something I feel like could easily happen on record. I mean, how, okay, yeah, okay, okay. Let me think outside of the box here. Right, right, let's see, let's see. So, scratch that answer. No, that's um, all right. That's a good. But again, that's just something I feel yeah, like. No, you know, that, right. that, that, I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure. I have to think a little bit deeper about this. I, I'm not really sure off the top of my head. I want to make sure my answer is. Super thought out. So I don't know about this question. I don't know what it would be. For That's it. all right. So what would you want you and Post to do? Me and Post. I don't know. I'd love to do like... A, so he likes a lot of the music that I like, uh, that I grew up with. A lot of the rock, a lot of the punk, a lot of like the pop punk, the some 41s, uh, you know, even rock, ACDC, all that stuff. I feel like we would just want to do some kind of rock medley tribute cover thing. I think it'd be sick. Oh, well, someone guitar. grew up on rock. I would love to see that. All right, now we're yeah. gonna, we're going to wrap up on that on the album in a second. But dude, as just a fan, I got to ask. So, what would be the ACDC song? <laughs> you know, what? let's see. I don't want to like pick. Uh, let's see. You know what I love? Uh, hmm. It's definitely from the Black Album. What's it called? Um. Uh, let's see. I really love. Oh yeah, one of my favorite bands ever, by the way, and this doesn't really have to do with it. Is Queen ever? Not so I, I definitely have to throw that in there. I think they're one of the. I think they might be the best band to ever exist in my eyes. Um, but ACDC, if it have to be an ACDC song, I really like. I really like the guitar riff on "You Shook Me All Night Long" and and just the the attitude of the song. It's always stood out to me. I love that song. Yeah, but it's funny because I feel like you could actually combine "You Shook Me All Night Long." With like Queen Sheer Heart Attack, and you would have a killer medley. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, we could do some cool stuff. And the only reason why I picked Post is because, like, yeah, we both 
make this certain kind of music, but, um, you know, we like rock music. So, yeah, no, cool. Yeah. I mean, so it's interesting for you. Okay. So let's talk about 2022 plans for a second. And this is one of the sure. things is like, well, I mean, okay, let's rephrase this. Cause I was going to say like, things are opening up now with this new fucking variant. It's like, okay, by tomorrow, all live music might be canceled again, but I know fingers crossed, man. If in fact, 2022, you can take this shit on the road for the year. Are there particular songs off Shockwave? And you've had a chance to do some of them, but are there ones yeah. that would really be most exciting for you that to do in a big setting? Be doing a big setting and to do kind of like, you know what I'd love to do is my, the, the title track, Shockwave. Um, I, uh, you know, I did vocals on that track on, on the, using this little robot vocoder thing. And I think that I could... I've played it at a festival, but it was but it was just in a very quick kind of like mix in mix out situation. I feel like I can make this big, big theatrical composition of Shockwave that I'd love to do one day, and like that's something that I would be really uh, that I will focus on uh, when I'm able to play it in a, in a massive setting for sure. I know we got to wrap up in a second, but let's wrap up on this. Since we're talking about the rock thing for a second. Yeah. You know, and, and I think about like, I, I mean, one of the things about ACDC is they're like the greatest arena rock band of all time. They put on a freaking spectacle. Oh, you yeah. Know? In yep. the same way, like Iron Maiden does, who I love. So, so when you think, I mean, obviously what's cool is as you get bigger at a larger audience, you're able to have more fun with the stage show and do stuff. So what would be, is there like one show or one tour that you have seen that would be sort of a blueprint for like what you would want to do in terms of not necessarily, obviously you wouldn't want to copy it, but just for you, when you think about a great freaking large show, that would be fun for you to do. A great large show. That'd be fun for me to do. And in what context, like a, like a festival or a city or like your own show, like your own tour, like, you know, the way that like ACDC would tour, you know, with the freaking cannons and the inflatable Rosie and all that. Stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I always have very grand ideas that I bring to my team, and they say that's not possible. We can't do that. So um, I always have crazy ideas, and I've been really, I really want to do uh, a tour again. A world tour would be great. Um, a U.S. tour would be awesome. We actually had that in the works at the end of 2019 that obviously got canceled. Um, or 2020. Uh, 2020. End of 2020. Um, it ended up didn't happening for obvious reasons. And uh, I've been really itching, even to go back to that question, I've been really itching to go back on the road in that capacity, uh, tour a headlining show and be able to cater it and, and make moments for some of my favorite songs and and other people's favorite songs, you know, um, and try to do the biggest, baddest that we can uh, within our limits, which I don't even really like to say, but some things just aren't possible. But I have a lot of ideas for this next tour, so I'll try my best. All right. Well, I got to ask that as a fan. We'll make this last question, but I mean, come on. What, what's one idea that you've always wanted to do that thus far hasn't been possible? But that one, you know, like that one big idea you know, whether it's like Pink Floyd's Floating Pig or, like I said, ACDC's Cannons or, you know, David Bowie's 50-foot glass spider. What's the dream marshmallow like stage prop or stage thing? Stage prop. I've, I don't even, I've been really, 
I have so many ideas of I just like an interactive experience, right? Whether it's I don't really I don't I honestly don't even want to say because there are a few things that I'm working on and I don't even want to give any kind of hints. So sorry because I know you want an answer, but like I'm just very particular. You know, even this Lollapalooza show that we did this year, I had a floating stage that floated like 40 feet in the air. You know what I mean? And I didn't let anybody know. So I, I love the, you know, keep it up, but something very grand, you know, the like canon stuff like that. It's like interactive. It kind of, it kind of gives that like almost like 4d experience. It adds an extra sensory thing, you know, stuff like that. No, it's all, it's all good on no but, answer. Cause I grew up on the era of like rock and roll mystique of like Zeppelin and Bowie and stuff. So yeah, I respect that a hundred percent. So all good. Anything that you yeah. want to add, we did not talk about. Um, no, I, I, I no, I, I just really wanted to talk about the uh, the experience of the album, but we tackled that right in the beginning. So everything else is sweet. Cool, pleasure, dude. Congratulations on all the success. Thank, thanks for taking Hopefully, the time. Hopefully, fingers crossed, dude. Everybody will get to see live music in twenty twenty two. Let's hope so. I love that. Cool. Thanks, man. Have a good one. Thanks. Three. Thanks, man. Hey, this is Steve Balton. You've been listening to My Turning Point with special guest Marshmallow. Good news. You started a company. Now you have to run it. When you look out into the sea of CRMs, it can look extremely blue. But HubSpot is here to give your company a more human approach. We're a CRM that's easy to use, aligns all your teams seamlessly, and delivers a better experience for your customers. So your business feels like a helpful partner and not just some company trying to force a sale. There's a better way to help grow your business by connecting your people, your customers, and your business. HubSpot. Grow better. If you're a parent with cancer, you're probably worried that your child is feeling scared, sad, or alone, when all you want is for them to just feel like a kid. Camp Kesem is a free week-long overnight camp for children ages 6 to 18 who have a parent facing cancer and was created for kids like yours to have a joyful and empowering summer. Kids have a blast together enjoying camp activities, surrounded by a compassionate community of friends. Register your child for a free life-changing adventure at kesem.org camp. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. 
Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that fantasy points has to offer. That's fantasypoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at fantasy points. Fantasypoints.com code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.